yet another Days of the New. And today is going to be a little bit different from our regular format. As Nick mentioned on the last episode, but for those of you who didn't catch it, he's out this week in the wilderness of Arkansas, hunting vagrants for sport or fighting wolves with smash liquor bottles taped to his hands. Honestly, I wasn't paying that much attention. But he'll be back next week, and in the meantime, the show must go on. So without further ado, it is my pleasure to welcome to the show our first ever guest host, Mogan Brown. Mogan, say hi. Hey, what's going on, bud? I think in all of the discussions we've had, and granted, I am a bit of a drinker, but I don't think we've ever really talked about new metal. So what is your relationship to the art? To be frank, I think it's dumb. <laughs> it it, it kind of just sits below Juggalos and uh, hair metal and kind of just like intersects. But, uh, you know, it is a part of rock and roll history. I'm a big fan of, you know, rock and roll myself. This is basically where the genre went, in my opinion, between 1999 and 2001. You know, it went the way of the uh, the Dayglow uh, braid dreads and the Janko jeans. All right, so, Mogan, I'm going to let you take the wheel from here. What are we talking about today? Fasten your later hosen. Crack open a 27 degrees Celsius <laughs> Doppelbach and throw your concept of human values in the Abfelmire because we're bringing the Mutterland to your Ortenscheitzers this week as we take the deep dive into the abyss that is Rammstein's 1997 American breakthrough opus, Scheinschat! I, I, I think that's how you say that. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't know how to speak German. I just know it's yelling. So, so how did you arrive at this was going to be the album you wanted to talk about? Pre-pandemic, Rammstein announced a U.S. tour of football stadiums, including Soldier Field in Chicago, which I believe holds around 80,000 people. I was like, wait, what? This is the Du Hast band that sings in all German? They're going to play the same place that Coldplay and Taylor Swift play? I I don't understand this. Yeah, man. Just in my experience of uh, of researching this, they're fucking huge. They are. They are. All right, man. So you did the lion's share of research on this. What do I need to know about Rammstein? Rammstein are considered part of the genre known as New Deutsch Art. Arte. Uh, <laughs> which translates to New German Hardness. This genre has its own section on Wikipedia. Basically, it just means other bands that sound like Rammstein. Heavy guitars, Euro dancey keys, uh, and in the case of Rammstein, very stoic operatic vocals. So, uh, yeah, lead singer of the band is uh, Till Lindermann. Man sieht ihn um die Kirche schleichen. Seit einem Jahr. He's got a very unique vocal style, uh, very ilk-like, maybe what a Yeti singing sounds like. <laughs> if you're not familiar with the band, um, you're probably familiar with their biggest song in America, Du Hast. They were founded in 1994 in Berlin, Germany, by uh, Linderman and guitarist Richard Krups, and uh, also guitar player Paul Linders, bassist Oliver Rydell, drummer Christoph Schneider, and keyboardist Christian Flake Lorenz. They have not had a single lineup change since they started. So 27 years, same dudes. 
So Landers, Schneider, and Lorenz, uh, they previously played together in a German punk band called Feeling B in the 80s. Krups, who's kind of the main songwriter, he was born in East Germany as uh, Sven Krups. The anecdote about that, he changed his name to Richard when he was 20, said in a 2014 interview with Loudwire.com that he doesn't believe that people should live their lives with the name their parents gave them and after 20 years should change it. Hey Sven, good to see you. No, it is Richard. He escaped to West Berlin where he formed the band Orgasm Death Gimmick. <laughs> uh, I've, I have a video clip. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, buddy. Hasselhoff came looking for freedom, and he fucking found it. Uh, in the same Loudwire interview, he said that this was referring to the urban legend that the body has an intense orgasm just before death from strangulation. <laughs> you haven't heard about uh, people, like, choking themselves out while beating, beating it? Michael Hutchins. Apparently a big fan. Uh, anyways, vocalist Till Linderman uh, was born in Leipzig, which was then East Germany. Uh, as a teenager, he was a competitive swimmer and was even shortlisted for the 1980 Olympics. In the 80s, he played drums in a band called First Arched, which is dr German for fist ass. They would bill themselves for shows as First Art because communist Germany. The band would make an album in 1992 called Saddle Up. It sounds like garbage, but is on Apple Music because Rammstein. They uh, also drafted two guitar players who were uh, Krups and Landers, who was still playing in Feeling B. Uh, around this time, most of the members would eventually form Rammstein. They were not only playing music together, but living and working together. Krups was even in a relationship with uh, Linderman's ex-wife and had a daughter with her. But since she and Krups were never married, the daughter's last name is Linderman. Jeez. Hey, they German. They German. Anyways, 1992, Croups uh, and Linderman, uh, and also Ali Rydell, who was in a band called the Ichta Bokatables. I'm assuming they're a ska band. Their demo is not on Apple Music. Um, <laughs> they took a trip to America. While they were there, Croups decided he didn't he didn't like America. He didn't want to make music that sounded American. You know, he's writing these kind of butt rock songs, and so he decided he wanted to be have a band that was uniquely German. Uh, he also decided he wanted to focus on just writing the music and have se have someone else handle the lyrics and singing. And he had overheard Linderman singing at their job where they were basket weavers. <laughs> Thought this was a joke. They apparently were basket weavers, expert basket weavers. Uh, and uh, anyway, so he soon asked him to be the singer Rammstein. So there I was, a Olympic swimmer turned simple basket weaver. And uh, I'm, I'm weaving the baskets, uh, I'm playing an ass feast, and uh, I, I'm singing in my What weird fucking Grimm's fairy tale did you pull this bio from? Wikipedia, dude. <laughs> no, t I mean, till, till he's got this, like, his vibe, if uh, you don't know what he looks like, he basically looks like if Anthony Kiedis played the T-800. <laughs> he's just... So much to he probably donates testosterone to help help those who are not as fortunate. I don't know. All those uh testosterone ads that I'm seeing on Instagram, they're just like, hey, is your dick not work? Like, order this off Instagram. It's just it's just his sweat. So yeah, uh, Rydell and Schneider came along too. So they branded this project Rammstein Flugschau, which translates to Rammstein Airshow. Hmm. You ever heard of the Rammstein Airshow? I have not. So yeah, the Rammstein Air Show uh, was a disaster that happened in 1988 at the Rammstein Air Base in West Germany. 
during an aerial stunt in front of a crowd of 300,000. Basically, this stunt was going on where these, like, multiple planes flew in, like, a heart formation, like, up and down. And then this one plane goes, as it, it said in the write-up, pierces the heart and then is supposed to fly towards the crowd and then go belly up right over them. The plane that was doing that collided with another plane and sprayed the crowd with ignited fuel. Oh my god. Uh, 70 were killed and 346 were seriously injured. Holy shit. So the band had written a song about this. However, uh, Rammstein Air Base uh, is spelled with one M. Um, they spelled their name with two because you know, it's 1994 and you can't like, you know, you're not going to Wikipedia this. Krups and Linderman would tell people that the name actually was referring to a Rammstein, which is basically a doorstop type thing for like a German castle gate. Uh, it literally means ramming stone. But later, well, you know, when the song came, the song is like, Can you smell the burning flesh? Can you see the fire? Basically, still at this point, it's kind of like a project, but the Rammstein wins a contest where they get to record a four-song demo in a pro studio. It's then heard by execs at the label Motor Music, uh, which was a, sub a subsidy of Universal. They get signed. They then go ahead and recruit Schneider and Lorenz. Uh, Lorenz didn't want to join at first because he thought the music was boring, but eventually relented. So now Rammstein, they're a band. Um, they record their debut album, Herzleid, which is German for heartache, in 1995 with Swedish producer Jacob Hellner. And uh, Hellner would go on to produce everything Rammstein would do up until their 2019 untitled album. Uh, he even, like, mixed their live records that came out in the 2010s. Anyways, the album would be criticized for its album cover of the six band members shirtless and oiled up and totally ripped. It was accused of being kind of white powery, and there's a term for it in German called Erdenmeitschen, which means master race. Um, that's the name of the aesthetic. And so the band refuted this, said it's like, no, we're just a bunch of dudes taking a picture in a parking lot, you know? Who happened to be incredibly chiseled, like from stone. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Absolutely no hair on their bodies. Well, or what hair there is is just very scaped. Just yes. very, like, I think the German term is munching scaping. They're goddamn Adonises. Yeah. So their big break, so to speak, came in 1996, when David Lynch was in Germany scouting locations for the movie Lost Highway, which, to my knowledge, has no scenes in Germany. Um, but he heard the band and thought they were awesome and wanted their music to be in the film. And this was my introduction to Rammstein, was the Lost Highway soundtrack. So the soundtrack to Lost Highway was executive produced by Trent Reznor. And this is a huge deal because the song Perfect Drug, which would be the first new Nine Inch Nails song since Downward Spiral came out in 94, would be on the album. Mm -hmm. Reznor scored some of the music for it. Also featured some Bowie songs and some Manson songs, and like Manson even appears in the movie. And Robert Blake, God bless him. Yeah, his ex-wife got that money. He showed her. Anyways, uh, I do not approve of that. It's, it's not. No, not okay. Anyways, uh, the two songs that were on the album were uh, a song called "Irit Much Mich" and the band's theme song "Rammstein." Rammstein. Rammstein. 
so yeah, which brings us to today's subject, Shinshut. Is that how you say it? Is that how you think it's said? Look, I danced around this. I was like, oh, are we going to like do the whole thing where it's like, oh, you know, we do the hard German pronunciation and it's mm -hmm. there. There's enough things that I'm ignorant about. If I'm going to talk about the songs, I'm going to talk about their English translations. For this one, Scheinschut is either translates to nostalgia or longing. Is that correct? I have desire or longing. Okay, so there's some room for interpretation. Yeah. Albums named after the title song. Uh, they recorded started recording late '96 with Helner in Temple Studios in fucking Malta. Mm. That seems like something like like oh yes we will go to Malta. Where we, we we must go to Malta for boil our skins in the sun of the island. <laughs> the first single was called Angel. That was released in April '97, and then uh, their Hotel California du Hast <laughs> uh, that came out in July, and then the album came out in August, and then uh, became number one in Germany after two weeks. Uh, they did their own headlining tour in September and October 97. They headed to the U.S. Um, for the first time in December of 97 to open for fellow Germans KMFDM. I do remember it was a big deal that Scheinschutz was released in the U.S. I don't have a U.S. release date for it, uh, but it was released in the States by uh, Warner Subsidy Slash Records. It is to this day the only German language album to be certified platinum by the RIAA. That's kind of a huge deal. Yeah. Especially even now, you know, there's some Spanish language stuff, you know, like Bad Bunny out there and stuff. But I mean, German is a interesting sounding language to the English speaking ear. This entire, nothing on this album is in English. And at one point in an, someone asked them in an interview if they ever thought about writing songs in English. And um, I think Krupp said something like that just doesn't make sense for us. Like, that's just, that's not what we do. Yeah. Um, which also just going back to the whole, you know, kind of the point of the band is to be, we are German, you know, we don't want to be an American band. We don't want to be, you know, Hanoi rocks or whatever, you know, uh, fucking scorpions, scorpions. Exactly. Exactly. So speaking of scorpions, uh, the album cover, uh, was designed by Austrian artist Gottfried Hilwin, who also did the cover for the Scorpions 82 album Blackout. Also like that album, the cover is features a guy who has forks on his eyes. <laughs> The artwork is like these brooding tribal photos of the band members. Like it, lo it looks like they've been caught in like a mine explosion. Mm -hmm. Like everything else Ramstein does, it is uncomfortable. That translates not only visually, but also into just pretty much their entire essence. So, yeah, here we go. Track one is your title track shine shoot right out the gate we get a fuck jam i mean aren't all the jams fuck jams shit slaps i like it but out the gate it's all about fucking there's the germans then i was like oh hans and franz yeah yeah it's it's very very german yes canadian and american don't get genres if you say oh yeah mm -hmm. like what do they sound like american or you know something like that when somebody says to you, oh, it's German, you know exactly what kind of music you're getting. Mm -hmm. And it is Rammstein. You know, like much like fellow Germans, there's some uh, keyboard hits very uh, familiar to, like, you know, Milli Vanilli. <laughs> the notes I have are uh, ministry, mix of guitar and synth. They sound like Indiana Jones villains, uh, hella wax tracks. <laughs> Yep, nailed it. Nailed it. Yeah. It's a great opening salvo. I love it. I I'm here for every single bit of it. Uh, so track two is Engel. 
which means angel. Uh, lady vocals are provided by someone named Bobo, who is part of the group Bobo in wooden in white wooden houses. She would go on to uh, sing on a couple other Rammstein songs over the years. The song was also featured in the uh, Mortal Kombat Annihilation soundtrack. I love this song. Yeah. Uh, lyrically, we're getting into a little bit of like Milton's Paradise Lost vibe. There's nothing that is more moody than a German with this deep, deep baritone just screaming at God. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's just something about that that, I, yes. that I'm into. <laughs> I would love to keep talking about this so that we don't have to talk about the next song. <laughs> the next song is called Theater, which means animal. What the fuck? What the fuck? What the fuck? What are the lyrics? What does a man do? Who can't tell the difference between human and animal? He will go to his daughter. She is beautiful and young in years. Okay, I'm I'm I don't I don't want these words to come out of my mouth in a recording. The subject matter is revolting. It's an incest jam. Well, to your to your American ears. Every new metal band has a classic molestation jam. Ramstein on this album have Two. That's why I'm a guest on this show, not a. <laughs> <laughs> hey man, I'm just checking. I'm just checking the place out, dude. <laughs> look, look. So you were saying you talk a lot about molestation and how much it slaps. You know? <laughs> Maybe it's the German to English translation, but it just sounds even worse reading it. I think it also bears reminding that incest jams, which. Don't really want to make a thing are kind of par for the course in new metal and that in the larger realm of pop music They can be hits in 1990 Aerosmith won a Grammy for best hard rock performance for Janie's got a gun and in 1991 Garth Brooks the Thunder Rolls hit number one on the Billboard country charts. Yeah, but those like Janie shot her dad no, no, no. Because in this, at the very end of this one, she kills him and writes a letter in his blood. Oh, that's right. Yeah, okay. She dips. Well, I think we're kind of, yeah, it shifts narrator from first person to omniscient. The note I have at the bottom was clearly after I read the English lyrics to quote a Eugene Merman bit. Don't fuck your daughter. <laughs> Anyways. Moving on to punishment. This today, Meech. The only notes I have are kind of slower, and there's some like meowy sound effect intro. Yeah, yeah, we're we're getting a break from sex jams and uh, incestuous uh, murder fantasies to good old fashioned sadomasochistic religious allegories. Uh, musically, we're getting more of the same, but uh, not mad about it. Yeah, there's some Rumpelstiltskin references about straw becoming gold. And then, uh, you know, whatever. Your size makes me small. You may be my punisher. I just imagine this is what every Eurovision song sounds like. Oh, yeah. This is also, you know, he's weaving baskets being like, yes. Yes. This is good. This is good. I would yes. never I would never want a basket from that man. I'm sure there's something about the basket you're like, that makes me uncomfortable. <laughs> I, I'm not sure why. I don't know. There's just something menacing about that basket johnny get away from that basket it's a very nice basket i mean the yeah i i can't put my finger on it but just something about that basket bothers me a lot (laughs) like i i wake up at like 2 a.m and i'm and the basket's downstairs and i i'm just like i don't want that basket in my house (laughs) and it's just a basket you know just a normal ass basket you know it's good basket Speaking of that voice, track five. 
Oh, oh we've yes. arrived. Yes, we have. The, the peace there yes, is your stones. Yes. Do us. Do us. Do us, Mitch. Listening to this album 20 years later, this is the most boring song on the album. It is okay. It is a decent KMFDM song. <laughs> but is it the greatest Rammstein song? No, not even close. Oh, no, no. This is their biggest song Fair. in America, Fair. I guess. Um, so Duhast, it's a double entendre. So Duhast translates to you have. And so the, the line, you have, you have, you have me. How, which, you know, it's, it's like a marriage thing. However, host spelled H-A-S-T is have. Host spelled H-A-S-S-T is hate. So it's like a wind wind kind of situation. Good. So it's like, he's like, you have me, you hate me. Uh, I wrote a note. Uh, one of my favorite bands, Jawbreaker, has a song, I Love You So Much, it's Killing Us Both, uh, has a line, uh, I don't think I hate you enough to commit you to me. Kind of reminded me of that. Not that Dear You was getting, you know, big pumps from uh, Till and uh, No Longer Sven. <laughs> they, uh, the video was played on MTV at the time. Uh, I clearly remember a subtitled interview with Till on a MTV news break where he was like, we are big fans of Quentin Tarantino. Uh, because in the video, it has three guys in black suits beating the shit out of him in a warehouse. The uh, song was also featured in um, The Matrix. Yep. Well, it was featured on the soundtrack. I don't know if it's in the movie, but... The song was also featured on the soundtrack of the Red Man Method Man film How High. Very uh, memorably used in the opening of uh, the second Bam Margera-featured uh, skate video, CKY2K. Ah. Here we are, track six. Oh, boy. Why, why is it always the track six? On these. <laughs> why is it always the track six track of the devil baby <sighs> all right uh, Mo- mogan please by all by all means so track six is called uh book ditch <laughs> uh which is german for uh bend over this is the laziest non-metaphor <laughs> the lyrics are bend over i command you turn your visage away from me i don't care about your face bend over a two-legged being on all fours i take him for a walk ambling along the corridor i am disappointed i just thought this was the german pledge of allegiance honestly basically yeah yeah if you haven't quite got it yet this is a song about sodomy in the way that only germany can deliver it it's not real romantic it's not uh romantic in the way that one would think of sodomy to be romantic (laughs) What really brings it together is that this is the song that landed them in a jail in Massachusetts. Well, not not so much the song itself. Uh, something we haven't discussed yet is uh, Rammstein are very known for their live show. Their live show is fucking crazy. Fire is the seventh member of Rammstein. Absolutely. There was a quote from Krups that... Uh, and fire has always been a aspect of their live show. And uh, Krups was saying that in the early days, they kind of didn't really know what they were doing. And Linderman got burned a bunch, like kind of bad. So he went and got certified for pyro. 
Because that's what you do. Did you watch that uh, video of craziest Rammstein live moments? Yeah, so you, you sent me a number of different performances, and I could not mm-hmm. count a 30-second span where there was not a giant fireball erupting. Yeah, yeah. Well, there was there was one in particular where uh, Linderman is like, has his arms stretched out. He's wearing this like chainmail thing, and his arms are on fire, and he's just he's just kind of standing there in like a creature from the Black Lagoon pose with his arms out. You know. Yeah. More interesting was the fact that they were clearly playing the tiny side stage somewhere. This is like the midday one o'clock. <laughs> yeah. This is the uh, the band you see as you walk in. You're like, oh hey honey, that guy's arms are on fire. Like, what's he saying? I don't know. It's German. <laughs> it's it's so like I watched a few different performances because you sent me down a rabbit hole. They all just have on suits with rockets with just jets of flame mm-hmm. erupting out of them. Yeah, it's one in the afternoon. The sun is like shining down, and like any one moment of any Rammstein show looks like the type of thing that usually ends the headliner's finale. <laughs> How one of the members of that band or, like, their stage crew hasn't died is a miracle. Till's got it. You know, he's uh, he's the fireman, you know? I weave baskets and I set fires. This is what I do. I weave baskets and I set fires. Which brings us to the notorious live performance of this song, Buk Dich. I sent you a, a clip of them performing this live, a professionally shot from multiple angles in front of an arena full of people, this performance. Kevin, what did you see? What were your takeaway? Please describe to the listening ears what they can't see. Create the image in their mind. All right, all right. All right. It is 1998. It is a mid-sized annex to a sports coliseum that comfortably fits about 2,500 to 3,000 people. Half of that area is taken up by a stage. So it's a big show. It's not a big show. Rammstein is not the headliner of this show, and I just need to make that abundantly clear. Korn is headlining this. Every kid in the crowd has on big jinkos and ball chain necklaces. Most have no shirts on, and they've all got those stupid little visors. They are there to fuck shit up. They want to mosh. Doors were at 4.30. They've been out front since 9.30. Uh, this is pre-Monster, too. Oh, yeah. You know, So they've just been drinking piss-warm old E. Yep. And yep. you know they've been waiting all day. Doors are at 4.30. At 5.15, six shirtless Germans take the stage. There is zero crowd banter. The lights go down. Nobody's cheering because, uh, like, the place is maybe half full. Nobody's really, like, not everybody has shown up yet. And there's just church bells. And one of the keyboardists appears. And he's dressed like he's in that space pants kit from SNL. It just starts off with, like, this Euro disco beat. Mind you... This is a pre-Great White World that we are living in here. Ooh, that was, uh, to be in that level of innocence. Yeah, for those of you who don't know or don't remember, Great White sang the song Once Bitten, Twice Shy, and then in 2003 played a bar that held like 300 people, 
that uh, they immediately set on fire mm-hmm. with like some flash pots because the place was garbage and people died. Yeah, uh, like people died. It was horrible. When uh, so you and I we met because we both worked at the Metro. Yes, in Chicago, and yes. I stage managed the Metro uh, for a spell. I once had to tell a uh, rapper he was going to light a match on stage. They were going to turn all the lights out. He was going to light a match on stage and then blow it out. And I was told I had to tell him not to do that. And yeah, because of Great White, you know, fortunately, steps have been taken to make sure things like that never happen. Every uh, backdrop you see for a band has to be you know, they cost like $10,000 because they have to be like completely inflammable and stuff. And for that reason, you're generally not seeing huge mushroom clouds of fire in very small auditoriums. These rules are not 1998 because watching this video, everything is on fire. And the only thing, the only safety precaution is that they have some fucking dude there with a fire blanket. And when the keyboard is done being on fire, he just tosses a blanket over it. And then they're (laughs) done. He's got a box of arm and hammer. He punched his thumb through it. Yeah. (laughs) That would be the craziest shit that you're going to see all night. Except for the fact that one of the keyboardists is, for lack of a better word, he is the gimp. He's on a leash. He is this wiry fella who just like bounces around. He's way too comfortable on all fours. And like the, the, um, what's his name? Tills? Till. He is chasing Flake around the stage. Yep. Yep. He's abusing him. And, and it seems that uh, Flake is uh, subservient. He's like a whipped dog. At the end of this, he's brought to center stage and put on top of that road case. And the zipper on the back of his pants because he has a zipper on the back of his pants he's got a panel he's got uh it's kind of like a prospector uh long johns there you know except it's uh leather and they're shorts yeah. so yeah yeah till till rips it off he rips it off and then he uh, unzips his own pants and he pulls out his prosthetic uncircumcised penis and unleashes this pressure washer stream of fake semen <laughs> everywhere it is a fire hose of fake ejaculate it's three agonizing minutes of this guy just hosing down flake not only do they keep going, yes. he goes over and uh, Krupp starts drinking out of it. And he's spraying the whole front row. And then he bends over and starts drinking, drinking it and it. stuff. Yeah. <laughs> this is band one of five. <laughs> Ice Cube's coming out after two more bands. And mind you, there is no way that you can go on TMZ the next day and be like, what the fuck did I just watch? There's like, you you just have to sit with that in your memory. And if you're five rows back, you really don't know what just happened. (laughs) Like, is that what German penises do? You have no idea. (laughs) And you just have to like accept that maybe what you watched was real. Hey, let's talk about molestation some more. Yeah, um, so play with me. Track seven. This makes me wildly uncomfortable. Usually that's <laughs> Nick's role. 
I had no idea when I got into this, when you were like, hey, let's do Rammstein. Cool. I remember Duhast. I had no idea how much incest I was going to be talking about today. Previously, it was fucking your daughter. This is about fucking your sister. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So the lyrics are play a game with me and give me your hand and play with me a game. The game, it says Vater Mutter Kind, which translates to uh, Father, Mother, Child. Great. The English equivalent is Let's Play House, which is so gross in this context. This album was at the top of the charts, and it was number one in Austria and Germany. Like, uh-huh. they knew exactly what this subject matter was, and they were like, hell yeah, Rammstein! This is almost like a German's idea of what an American's idea of what a German is. Of just this, like, (laughs) super serious sexualized... They're out to freak you out, man. The quicker we move on from this song, the better. Yeah, let's get out of here. It's gross. The song's gross. We know that. Track eight is uh, Clavelier, which is German for piano. Yes. There are um, some kind of droney guitars. I think this is... At this point, I was uh, still trying to kind of be serious about this. I said, the guitars are almost black metal, symphonic. There might be a trumpet down there. And the trumpet also kind of sounds like uh, it's playing the uh, keyboard line for Final Countdown by Europe. Did you notice the NWA sample for Express Yourself? No. What was it? It was the opening loop. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. This song's kind of the most... um, sentimental song on the record you know the rest of this record is just like menacing Mm -hmm. stoic sinister this song is about listening to your mother or grandmother play piano when you were a child lyrically this is the most traditional song on the album as it deals with an adult relationship that does not involve family members or sodomy um or sex yeah at all (laughs) yeah it's just life it's very epic. It's moving. Uh, I, I like it a lot. This is this is a really good song. And that's why we'll spend no time discussing it because <laughs> it's straightforward and kind of sincere. Yep. So yeah, and then track nine is uh, Altermann, which is German for old man. And it's uh, also kind of a sincere song about a an old man. It's a very simple song about uh, reflecting on one's life. Uh, I love the creeping synth in the background. I'm really into the beat. It sounds like the character select menu on a Sega game. <laughs> Overall, I'm, I'm super into this song. But again, because it's Rammstein, the most simple, stated, plaintive thing that you could write gets passed over in favor of shit like jealousy. I was reading over the lyrics to this, and it's essentially about a a romantic relationship that ends in cannibalism. I was like, oh, obviously this is about Armin Maiwes, the German man who posted an ad online specifically stating that he was looking for someone to kill and then eat. He had that ad answered by a guy in Berlin, and they met up and actually went through with it. It is disgusting to read, and go on to Wikipedia if you want to know more, but... Yeah, the sensationalism, the proximity, and the closely aligned subject matter, I was like, that's gotta be what they're talking about, right? Nope! This album came out in 97, and that crime happened in 2001, after which Rammstein would actually go on to write a song about it called My Penis, and what the fuck is wrong with Germany? Hey, these are the dudes, man. I just read this article about 
an AI robot that painted its own self-portrait and that self-portrait sold for like millions of dollars. To me, like Rammstein is if you took that same robot and you made it watch nothing but German scatological pornography and videos of people spot welding and then had it write music. <laughs> and that's Rammstein. You ready for track 11? Last song. Kuss mich verfrotsch. You got the uh, English translation for that, buddy? Yes, that is Kiss Me Fur Frog. Basically, uh, Jill's talking about, uh, you know, you know, dining at the Y here. He's talking about, uh, <laughs> he's talking about, he ain't seen nothing until you're done on the muffin. Uh, oh. I had just have written, uh, Kiss mein Ferfrog, uh, eat the puss. <laughs> This is 1997. This is kind of lingus. Yeah, the lyrics are, uh, she sinks her teeth firmly into every tongue because she enjoys being licked because it tastes somewhat bitter, but she is seldom kissed. He's trying to be fancy and provocative. I did some math here. Uh Uh-huh. This album is 42 minutes and 42 seconds long. 42, 42. 18 of those 42 minutes is spent talking about sex. Eight is about incest. Seven of it is spent yelling at God and then do host. And then another five minutes on general German weirdness. Like that <laughs> makes up this, the entirety of this album. So ending it with a song about cunnilingus is just on brand for Rammstein. At this point, I can't be mad about it. Cause I'm just desensitized. This is, <laughs> I had no idea what I was getting into when I agreed to this. So that, that is shine shoot. As I was listening to the record, I was like, this is kind of rad. It's new metal in its weirdness. It's new metal in its like, you know, nobody gets me. Here's my deal. You know, it makes no sense in the context of new metal as a whole, but I'm mm-hmm. so happy that it's here. Uh, I'm uh-huh. so happy that a bunch of fucking bros across the Midwest at one point in 1998 had a German man spray fake ejaculate all over them, <laughs> yelling about it in German. So then here's the big bummer. Mm. April 20th, 1999. Dylan Klebold and Eric Harris walk into their high school in Littleton, Colorado, and open fire on their classmates. Yeah. Um, this was the Columbine Massacre. Twelve students and one teacher were killed. Harris wore a Romstein t-shirt and a senior photo. Also signed his friends yearbooks with the romstein logo if anything they should have been sodomizing one another exactly listen to the lyrics kids or fucking their sisters yeah come on the band released a statement saying the members of romstein express their condolences and sympathy to all affected by the recent tragic event in denver they wish to make it clear that they have no lyrical content or political beliefs that could have possibly influenced such behavior. Additionally, members of Rammstein have children of their own in whom they continually strive to instill healthy and nonviolent values. Uh, so Rammstein would follow Shine Shoot in 2001 with the album Mutter and would join the Pleasure of Allegiance tour that fall with System of a Down in Slipknot. This would also be their last U.S. tour for a decade. 2002? They appeared in Triple X, baby. They continued to be a big draw across Europe. Lots of their stage stunts, 
you know, with the flares and the fire and the fire and the fireworks and the flamethrowers. So the band would release two more albums over the 2000s. They wouldn't tour the U.S. again until 2010 when they did a one-off show at Madison Square Garden mm. that sold out in 30 minutes. Holy shit. So then they basically, for the last decade, um, instead of doing smaller regional shows, they've just been doing bigger one-off shows. Probably their craziest video would come out in 2009 for the song Pussy. Have you seen it? <laughs> you sure have, yeah. It's literally pornographic. Yep. It was directed by Giannis Ockerland. The live performance for the song would feature um, Till mounting a giant foam-shooting penis cannon. Um, they would go dark until, for most of the 2010s, doing side projects. In uh, 2019, they released their long-awaited untitled album, Main single being uh, Deutschland, which had a nine-minute video. 2019, they announced they were going to do a stadium tour across Europe. All the dates sold out. They basically had this huge, giant set. They were scheduled to do an eight-date uh, U.S. tour, summer of 2020, and, you know, got postponed because of COVID. Mm -hmm. So, Rammstein are very German. What do Germans think about Rammstein? Well... I reached out to someone who lives in Germany. Okay. You know our buddy Jason Thompson? Yeah. Formerly of the Skyway Scrape, currently of the band Little Teeth. Hell yeah. Uh, he's been living in Munich for the past few years. So I reached out to him and I asked him, one, are Rammstein actually that huge in Germany? And two, why? He said, yeah, they're huge. He said, uh, you know, rock music is huge in Germany. And part of it is, you know, this is our rock band. He said... You know, he doesn't see it as like a nationalistic thing, but like a, you know, hometown pride kind of thing. The, yeah, they headlined the huge festivals. He said when the new record came out, it was their first album in 10 years. People he's friends with were super stoked. Then I finally asked him, is fur frog a common slang term for lady business that you're aware of? And he said... Not that he's heard, but you know what? There's so many terms for genitals in the English language. It's just as, you know, frequent in German. Big shout out to Jason. Thanks for that. Uh, check out his band, Little Teeth. They're on Spotify. They're on Instagram. They're on all your uh, streaming services. Well, Mogan, let me be the first to say well done. Thank you. Thank you for coming on and telling me this insanely fucked up tale about Rammstein. <laughs> so... As you may know, at this point in the show, we always like to talk about what we've been listening to and plug our pluggables. So what have you been listening to? Only thing new lately I've been listening to is a band called Space Cadet, which is uh, two of the dudes who used to be in the band The Explosion. Still kind of sounds like The Explosion, but a lot more uh, kind of indie rock. Mm -hmm. Their album just dropped on uh, you know Spotify and Apple Music. Check out the record. Cool. I have been listening to 38 Spech and Benny the Butcher's album, Stabbed and Shot. Uh, came out in 2018, uh, Benny the Butcher being of Griselda fame. If you're not familiar with Griselda, it is basically a bunch of kids from Buffalo who make the grimiest, most street fucking music that is 100% about robbing people. You have to check it out. I love it. Is this hip-hop? Yeah. Oh, yeah, dude. It's fucking... Griselda is the best. But uh, the track I would recommend off of that is Driver's Seat, and that features Styles P and Jadakiss. That is what I will recommend for this. Mogan, where can they find you online? I am uh, Mogan B on uh, Instagram, 
And I used to be Mogan B on Twitter until one night you and I got drunk after seeing Action Bronson play, and you for some reason convinced me to change my Twitter handle to Drillum Defoe. Still not sure why. And then I went to change it back to Mogan B, and someone in Europe or South America had uh, taken my unique name and made it theirs. I remember that night, and I regret nothing. <laughs> Drillum, thank you for joining us. If you want to follow us on, I'm as bad at this as Nick. You can find us on Twitter at Days of the New. That is D A Y Z of the N U. Uh, that's also our Instagram handle, and you can find me on Instagram at K-J-D-E-L-U-R-Y, and you cannot find me on Twitter because you can't. I used to have a bunch of jokes written for this, and I just don't anymore. Show me